Good morning and welcome to another edition of Today's Nutrition, where I look at what is new in research that can help you lose weight, be healthier, and live longer better. Well, today I'm going to finish up on the real basic of nutrition that's vastly overlooked, where the advice is old and outdated and therefore wrong assumptions have been made. So I want to clarify a couple things from the last show I did on protein. First, to recap, we need enough protein to make everything in our bodies. Protein has the building blocks of amino acids that build everything. You need it for everything you see, like your hair, your skin, your nails, but also for things you don't see, your bones, your immune cells, your anti-inflammatory compounds, your sex hormones, your thyroid hormones, your brain, everything. And if you don't get enough, your body is going to steal it from all those places, wherever it's stored. So it can give us obvious signs that you may not be getting enough. So today, I'm going to help you clear, get real clear on what protein does in the body and going to give the real details on how to figure out how much you need so we can use it to age our best. You know, I talked about the confusion of the recommendations that we've we've been given. And those were based on the 1950s recommendations. And the RDA's recommended daily allowances are the minimum adequate, not optimal levels required to offset deficiency in 98% of the people. So it does little to assure optimal health. So that's what I want to dive into today because we want to maintain or build muscle mass and we need optimal nutrition, especially as we get older and muscle synthesis and protein absorption utilization is not as robust, but we need really good guidelines. So I also covered the fact that that adults lose, okay, 1% of muscle mass per year after age 30 or 40, and that those muscles are replaced by metabolically inactive fat, usually around the waist. So if your waistline's expanding, that's probably what's going on. And that rate of muscle loss and fat gain increases after age 60 especially if you don't lift weights. Oh boy. So by the time you're 70, you've lost at least 30% of your muscle if you didn't do anything. And it isn't that we're aging or hitting andropause or menopause. It is loss of muscle. I say double dog gone, but you know, you can do something about it. Muscle mass is the biggest factor for aging well, but it takes protein to build muscles. As you get older, if you don't do anything to stop that, like eating more protein and lifting weights, your body starts losing muscle mass faster than it gains it. And that's a serious thing. It's not a cosmetic issue because study after study after study have proven that it reduces mobility, increases your risk of falling, decreases quality of life, associated with frailty, slower walking speed, fatigue, and even memory problems. No fun. So it comes down to diet and exercise, you know, no surprise. So how much of each? Okay, I'm going to give you the skinny here. 
So the American College of Sports Medicine is going to recommend 1.2 to 2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. But you need to know more. Better recommendations come from lean body mass. So you need to know how to calculate all of that. And it really is best to know lean body mass. And you can get a scale off of Amazon for under $90 that measures that. But without that, right now, let's use your ideal body weight. You know, if you can't use, you you know, your actual body weight because you're overweight and fat doesn't require protein requirement. It doesn't have any of that, you know, because it doesn't do anything except maybe make inflammatory compounds. You know, the extra weight around the middle, that's making a lot of inflammatory compounds and metabolic stuff that's getting in your way. So, you know, we want to use your ideal weight and you could use a BMI chart, but that's not the best. You can use a simple calculation I learned in dietetic school, and they still, it's still the gold standard. Are you ready for this? It's a shocker for today's Americans. So for a woman at five foot, you get a hundred pounds, and then you can add five pounds for every inch. For small bones, you subtract 10%. For large bones, you add 10%. So that five foot five woman, you get 125 pounds plus or minus 10%. So five foot five, as low as 113 and as high as 137. That's a little sobering. Okay, now for a guy. At five foot, you get 106 pounds plus six pounds for every inch over five foot. So a man at five foot 11, that would be 106 pounds plus 66 or 172 pounds. Again, plus or minus 10% for frame size. So a five foot 11 man should weigh somewhere between 155 and 189 pounds. No judgment there. It's just the number we need for protein requirements. But goodness, those guidelines are pretty sobering for Americans where over 80% of us are overweight or obese. And we've been encouraged to eat high sugar, high carb, addictive foods for decades, and it's taken a toll. But those calculations for protein, here we go with the breakdown. So 125 pounds for a five foot five woman, that's 56 kilograms. It's really odd to use kilograms, I know. But that is, you know, if you're taking a 1.2 grams per kilogram, you're going to need between 68 and 112 grams of protein every day. For a 178 pound ideal weight man for a five foot 11, that's 81 kilograms. So we're talking 97 to 162 grams of protein every day. I don't know about you, but that seems like a lot and practically unobtainable. And I don't work with elite athletes, so I go to the lower end. Most women need about 70 grams of protein. Most men around 95. If you're in training, of course, add a lot more. You divide that between three meals and you've got 25 to 30 grams per meal. Must have. You can't get it all at once. You got to divide it up. So mind you, that's the minimum. You need more as you get older because muscle synthesis and protein absorption goes down. So getting that 25 to 30 grams per meal isn't easy, especially if you're eating toast and coffee or a muffin for breakfast, a little protein there. Peanut butter sandwich for lunch, 
It's incomplete, so you may get 10 grams, but it's lacking amino acids. You may have a decent dinner, but you're still way under. You know, I find most people need to add something, a shake or something. You know, I got great feedback from that collagen egg muffin recipe I posted on social last week. It had 17 grams of protein in each little egg muffin. If you have two, that's 35 grams. You hit it for that meal. The nutritional yeast is in there, and the two servings of vegetable make it a nutritional powerhouse. You know, I make it once a week, and I may use it for meals or snacks. And, you know, it's it's that nutritional yeast kind of adds a Parmesan cheesy flavor while adding tons of B vitamins and protein. Wow. And as a reformed vegetarian, I know it's hard to get that much protein at each meal. You know, you need to start thinking about it if you want your body to have its best hair, skin, nails, muscles, not to mention thyroid, sex hormones, anti-inflammatory hormones, immune cells, and brain cells. I'll bet if you were to count your protein intake for a given day, you would be shocked at how low you are. When I was vegetarian and pregnant for my first, my midwife wouldn't even take me if I didn't get my protein level up. Good for her. I can tell you it is nearly impossible to get adequate protein without working on it. And then you have to eat so much food and do lots of calculations if you're vegetarian. It's hard to get as much protein as you need. And a side benefit of protein is it's really good for your metabolism. It burns more calories than fat or carbs. When you eat protein, you get that metabolic edge, the thermic effect of food. Carbs and fat don't give you that, and protein adds what they call satiety or meal satisfaction. So you are more satisfied with less. And I really want to clear up that too much protein is bad for the bones and the kidneys. That came from theories in the 1950s. In the current research, according to the National Osteoporosis Foundation, they would know a thing or two. No adverse side effects for protein. In fact, it's true that the more calcium you take in, the more you excrete, but so does absorption. So it balances out. So this is important. Protein makes up about half of bone volume and a third of bone weight. So under eating protein in the long term is not only equaling lack of muscle mass, but it's also lack of building trabecular bone, and that gives the bone strength and helps it transfer off the joints. Pretty important. So another one found that vegetarian women had an increased risk for hip fractures compared to women who ate meat. Another one with women uh, or just people with osteoporosis found that bone mineral density is higher when protein intake is more than adequate. As for kidney health, the National Kidney Foundation, they should know a thing or two, says protein is not hard on the kidneys, but difficulties processing protein don't even occur until stage four or five of chronic kidney disease that may be caused from NSAIDs or something else. So bottom line, no, protein does not cause osteoporosis, is not hard on the kidneys. In fact, the opposite is probably true. Myth number three, we 
all need to get our protein from plants to save the planet. Now, y'all know I am big on eating a lot of vegetables every day. All the colors, all the variety, get all those phytonutrients from plants and grains and legumes and nuts and seeds. But they don't have complete proteins in them. And many people are sensitive to the higher levels of gluten in American wheat. So that also inflames the gut so much more that your absorption is not very good for protein. So we don't want an inflamed gut. And besides, plant proteins are less than 20% digestible than animal proteins. And this is big. Plant proteins are low in leucine, the amino acid that is essential for triggering new muscle protein synthesis. So if you're eating just plant proteins, just be sure to add leucine to preserve those muscles. Soy foods have the most leucine of plants, but just about all soy is GMO and not recommended. Animal proteins are considered complete, meaning they have all 20 aminos. Plant proteins, you got to combine them. You got to know what you're doing. But vegetable proteins, ah, a perfect world, the Garden of Eden. You wouldn't need to eat animal proteins. But you know, we are on top of the food chain. And as much as I love my animals, my pets, our bodies need animal protein. You know, it's a super efficient delivery system, easily digested, absorbed in much smaller calorie packages. Plus, it has your omegas that are well absorbed. It's got your B12. It's got your vitamin D you can't get. On the con side, red meat, Processed meats need to be kept to a minute. And then it's also acid forming, so you need to balance with a lot of alkaline vegetables. And you don't want conventionally raised animals. You want organic and free range. So much higher and other nutrients besides protein. Just budget in the best that you can. Both animal proteins and plant proteins have advantages and drawbacks. Some plant proteins, lentils and beans and quinoa and tofu and tempeh and edamame and nuts and seeds. Great additions to soups, add to salads, all that. And having some plant proteins is also going to lower your risk for cardiovascular disease and all-cause mortality. Came from a 2021 study in the International Journal of Epidemiology. So you need both. We need a balance. Finally, It's not going to save the planet, but we do need to go back to regenerative farming to pull that carbon back into the soil, and that's what we need rather than to be vegetarians. Dr. Mark Hyman has a great book I highly recommend. It's called The Food Fix. It's got tons of information about this. Myth number four, you got to hit the gym every day to build muscle and lose weight. Well, here's what the latest research says. The exercise that you need to do to is lifting weights two times, maybe three times a week, and it can be done in as little as 10 minutes. It does not have to consume your life or have a real expensive gym membership. If you need help with any of this, diet, exercise, you really may want to consider my 28-day program that's going to happen again in May. We start with baby steps in the right direction. So if you need to lose a little or a lot, or maybe you just need to start exercising, maybe you want to start eating better, please open invitation. We have a lot of fun too. So I hope this helped you or someone you love, and you can always listen to this again 
by going to my website, debfor.com. You can also sign up for my 28-day program there, or you can listen to this again wherever you listen to podcasts. It's under today's nutrition. Have a great day. Remember, eat your protein and combine it with some colorful veggies.